Brian, the American Dialect Society's 2006 word of the year, what phrase was coined to mean to devalue it? Devalue it. I need an answer. I don't have one. All right. That is to Pluto it. Carmela, endorsed by celebs like Jessica Simpson and Katy Perry, proactive is used to treat what? Acne. Acne is a correct answer. J. The assassination of the Archduke Franz Ferdinand is widely considered the event that triggered what war? Uh, World War I. World War One is a correct answer. Brittany, hailing from Spain, what pro tennis player uses a logo that resembles a bull? Uh, Nadal. Nadal is a correct answer. Brian, Bill Gates said the internet is just a world passing around notes in a classroom. True or false? Uh, true. That is false. It was John Stewart, actually. Carmela. A local seafood joint called The Crab Shack is a frequent setting in which of these TV sitcoms? Family Guy, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, or My Name is Earl? Uh, (laughs) uh, Family Guy. It's My Name is Earl. Jay, which popular reality show is based out of the island town on Alaska, Alaska, better known as Dutch Harbor? Uh, The Deadliest Catch. Deadliest catch is the correct answer. Brittany, what is the name of the classic toy that utters lines such as the cow says moo with a pull of a string? Uh, speak and spell. I'm sorry. It's a C and say. Brian, which of the following is Rapunzel's companion in the Disney film Tangled? Pascal, Felipe, or Pierre? Pascal. Pascal is the correct answer. Carmelo. What classic play features a character named Giles Corey and his memorable last words, more weight? Um, The producers. (laughs) I'm sorry, it's The Crucible. Jay, typically marking the end of a conversation, the Spanish phrase vaya con Dios means what in English? Go with God. Go with God is a correct answer. Brittany, if a... If a person walks 10,000 feet, how many more feet does she have to walk to go a distance of two miles? 560. 560 is a correct answer. Brian, starring Bruce Willis, the 2010 film Red features CIA agents who are extremely dangerous as well as what? Retired. Retired is a correct answer. Carmelo, which type of flower do vanilla beans come from? Orchids. Orchid is a correct answer. J, named for the state where they were developed. Concrete barrier walls that often line highways are called what? Those California walls. I'm sorry, we were looking for Jersey barriers. Brittany, in tennis, what is it called when a player wins all four major tournaments in the same year? A Grand Slam. Grand Slam is a correct answer. Brian, your last question. According to superstition, where should you never put a hat? You should never put a hat on a table. Uh, I'm sorry. The answer is on a bed. Carmela, a 16th century rhinoceros in an Italian museum, is believed to be the oldest example of which preservation technique? Taxidermy? 
taxidermy is a correct answer. Jay, what notable filmmaker is responsible for founding Pixar? I cannot pull his name. Jeffrey something, um, I think. Let's say it's wrong, but Jeffrey Lewis. Uh, The answer I have is actually George Lucas. And Brittany, which U.S. constitutional amendment adopted in 1868 granted citizenship to African-Americans? The 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment is a correct answer. At the end of the hot seat round, Brian has 200, Carmela has 300, Jay has 300, and Brittany has 400. Welcome to Frenemy Trivia. was the hot seat round. Each player received five questions worth 100 points each. Next, teams will be randomized with their hot seat scores combined and 1,000 points added to each team. Teams will receive up to four sets of three questions. Each team will answer the same questions and wager 100, 200, or 300 points on their confidence. They will gain or lose their wager based on whether they get it right or not. They will also bet those same values on how difficult they think it will be for their opponents. If their opponent gets it correct, they lose their wager. But if their opponent gets it wrong, they will win their bet. After four sets of questions or when a team runs out of points, the first round will end with the team with fewer points being eliminated. At this point, the friends become the enemies. The remaining team will divide whatever points they have left and play again against each other with the same rules. In this round, locking in an answer will trigger a 30-second timer for the other player to register their answer. After four sets of questions, or when a player runs out of points, we will crown this week's Frenemy Champion. Now, let's start the show. everybody and welcome to frenemy trivia the show where friends quickly become enemies i'm your host tim dipple and we have a powerhouse of a show tonight let's meet our contestants for the episode starting out in muscatine iowa with brian nash brian how you doing what you drinking and tell us a bit about yourself well um if you've listened to anything with pub trivia and or boozy bracketology you've heard my voice way too much in the last few months uh, my name is Brian Nash. I'm from Muscatine, Iowa, like Tim said. I am the host of Geek Trivia. Uh, you can find me online Thursday nights with Jeremy on Twitch, LK Jeremy, usually around 9.30 p.m. Uh, Central Time, right after the finish of Jay's uh, trivia stream on Twitch. Uh, I'll let her tell you about her stream. And if you are in the Quad Cities area, you can find me Friday nights at uh, Nerdspeak Brewery in Bettendorf, Iowa. They make fantastic beer, and they are big-time nerds, and they're my, some of my favoriteest people. Tonight, I am drinking Breckenridge Brewery's Vanilla Porter. Uh, it's a bottle, not a can, so we're getting the good old pop. That's good stuff. Brian, it's it's great to have you. Next up in Jacksonville, Florida, it's Carmela Smith. Carmela, same questions to you. 
Um, hi, I'm Carmela. I am one of the hosts of Trivial Warfare. We are the podcast that takes the pub quiz out of the pub and brings it home to you. I am also uh, the host of Foreplay, which is a connections puzzle show that you can hear every week. Uh, I am not drinking anything alcoholic t- uh, today because it's been a bad back weekend and I've taken a lot of painkillers. So uh, we've just got Gatorade today. <laughs> but I'm excited to be here. And we are excited to have you. We're also excited to have Jay Borsum, who joins us out of Chicago, Illinois. Jay, how you doing? What you drinking? And tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, I get to play with all my friends tonight. And I'm very, very <laughs> happy for that. Uh, I'm Jay Borsum, owner and operator of Liquid Courage Entertainment. You may know me from twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage or from the World Trivia Federation or from Triv Tactoe or Tringo or Intersectionality or lingo or mega sheep or whatever other ideas i can't even think of because i've come up with so heckin many of them the last couple of years uh and that's why i drink tim and tonight i'm drinking a deconstructed uh rum and coke with siesta key spiced rum hold on let me get you better audio for that a little better and coca-cola zero sugar <laughs> if you chase them it's deconstructed well we are glad to have you and finally it's the lady who will be joining this here podcast as a co-host starting with the next episode from chicago illinois it's Brittany. Brittany, how you doing and what you drinking hey tim i'm doing great um i don't run my own trivia thing well i guess i do now um i am the writer and torture master uh of cozy quiz trivia that takes place every tuesday at the critical grind here in uh shorewood illinois it's a favorite haunt and hangout of the uh both people here from chicago uh we love dana over there she's awesome and uh she lets me uh rain chaos upon her establishment every tuesday night uh so Uh, I run a game there now uh, that just took off last month and will be continuing for the foreseeable future. Um, I, like you said, I'm going to be joining this on the other side of the microphone as a host. I don't really know how to say it because it's not really a table, but it's also not really a microphone because it's the same thing. Um, I'm really awkward as a person, as you can tell. And I guess I was on TV recently and talking about my cat. Uh, and he's doing great. He just had his birthday yesterday, so uh, he's still in a post-celebration um, nap phase. He's or hungover. Just, <laughs> or just like literally is a cat and sleeps for a long time every single day. Um, I am drinking a barrel-aged Ragnarok from Imperial Oak Brewing in Brookfield, which is where I play Trivia Live with uh, someone else who's on this podcast hosting. <laughs> so... Um, and let's see if I get some good Foley for you. Ooh, that was very good. Outstanding. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I'm just really excited to get to play. Well, we are excited to have all of you here. I am drinking from Apopka, Florida, outside of Orlando. Three Odd Guys Brewing the Midnight Bike Ride Double IPA. It's an 8.2% that I picked out 
picked up on my recent trip to St. Augustine, where I got to meet Carmela, yeah. which was a great time. <laughs> what? We had dinner. It was great. <laughs> Man, the coolest people get to have dinner with Carmela, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, it was a great dinner. It was me, Carmela, Lauren, Carrie, and Russ. It was a, a great time. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are excited to have all of you joining us. Today's game is going to be Brittany and Carmela against Brian and Jay. Brittany and Carmela will start with 1,500 points. Brian and Jay will start with 1,700. So let's dive into the two versus two round with our first three categories, which are innovation, food, and world history. All right, the wagers are in. So we're going to go ahead and jump into our first question which is in the category of innovation starting out Brittany and Carmela how much did you wager on your ability to answer the innovation question uh, we wagered 100 for this one and Brian and Jay what did you wager on your ability oh well, we put 200 on us for this all right in the category of innovation Henry Fordrenier Fordrenier and his brother Seely are credited with a patent for a machine that significantly increased the production of what product that, despite recent technological advances, continues to be used in higher quantities year over year. Okay, I do believe we've uh, got ourselves locked in. Yep. All right, Jay and Brian are locked in. Brittany and Carmela, go ahead and talk it out. Um, I think Seely is a mattress brand. Like, it sounds right. Like, Sealy Posturepedic or some weird shit like that. Are we allowed to swear on the show? Go for it. <laughs> okay. Get on now. Wait, yeah. break the seal on that. E for explicit. My <laughs> first episode had Drew Buckspawn on it. What oh, yeah. So, yeah, fine. we can swear. Right. Okay. <laughs> we are fucking golden. <laughs> so, I think it's mattresses. I and- agree with you, Carmela. And I was about to say we could lock in when they did. So, yeah. All right, Brittany and Carmela are locking in with mattresses. Jay and Brian, what did you say? Um, yeah, I, I really, I was going to suggest that we sleep on it, but uh... <laughs> baby, baby, let me sleep on it. <laughs> I couldn't get Henry Ford out of my head because Ford's Renier. Um, yeah. But yeah, just I, I don't have any any more strength on this than as Brian was alluding to, going with with Seely uh mattresses unless this somehow has to do with david boreanis in bones all right so you're locking in with mattresses as well yes and brian and jay what did you wager on carmilla and Brittany's ability well i regret to inform uh ourselves that we've wagered 300 that they would get this one wrong and Brittany and carmilla what did you bet on jay and brian you know, we thought innovation was a pretty broad topic, uh, but we know that Jay is kind of a science person, so we wagered 200 on them to get it wrong. All right. Well, uh, the bad news is both teams got this incorrect. The good news is both of you are gaining points because you correctly <laughs> wagered on your opponent's ability. Henry Fordrinier and his brother Seely created a machine that increased the production of paper paper which despite all our technological advances continues to increase in quantity every year 
Interesting. All right. Despite ebooks and the fact that millennials <laughs> only own a printer to own a printer uh, and not to actually print anything. So uh, let me tell you why I can't print anything in my own fucking printer right now. <laughs> <laughs> so when I bought this printer, it came, uh, it was, it's an HP printer and they gave me $40 of HP ink, which I have not used all $40 worth of HP ink. Um, but now they switched HP Instant Ink to a subscription. I cannot use my printer unless I go out and buy new cartridges or pay a sub- monthly subscription for the three things I need to print every two months. <laughs> like like a normal millennial, uh, my printer has probably been through more moves than it has print jobs. Uh- <laughs> I was using it. And <laughs> they're like, nope. Now you got to pay it for a month. Like, no, fuck y'all. So I just haven't bought anything that I need to do to, to get it to work now. Carmela's the Lorax. She speaks for the trees. And if she sees HP, she's whacking some knees. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after that first round, our first question, Brittany and Carmela have 1,800. Brian and Jay have 1,600. Our second question in the category of food, Brittany and Carmela, what did you wager on your ability? We wagered 300 on our ability. And Brian and Jay, what did you wager? Oh, we just put 100 on this one because food can go so many different directions. And I promise I didn't write this knowing who was going to be on here. Uh, What fast food chain was founded in Jacksonville, Florida by Keith J. Kramer and Matthew Burns? The company was founded after purchasing an Insta broiler, even incorporating Insta into the original name. They dropped the prefix in 1959, eight years prior to be acquired, prior to being acquired by Pillsbury. I'm good to lock that in, Carmilla. Yeah, we're locked in. Carmela and Brittany are locked in. Jay and Brian, go ahead and talk it out. What are you thinking, Brian? Insta Broiler gets me to probably a burger, and definitely then it wouldn't be um, any of the the obvious founded ones, McDonald's and Wendy's. Burger King, what about maybe. Insta Burger King. How about you know Kramer and Burns initials being B and K? Also that. You want to go at Burger King? I don't know. 50... Um, oh, they dropped the prefix in 59. Could be an Insta Whopper. Or, you know, uh, Insta Burger King. King. Yeah, you want to go with that? I don't, I don't have anything stronger. I, I don't have a better guess than that, but that does make some sense. Let's All right. Go with it. Yeah, let's lock in with Burger King. Jay and Brian lock in with Burger King. Brittany and Carmela, what did you have? Carmela, take this one. This is all you. <laughs> so um, I, I've lived in for uh jacksonville for most of my life and there was a radio host uh who used to do commercials for this fast food chain um his name was robbie rose and uh he would talk about burger king starting in jacksonville all the time so uh it stuck with me and i said burger king all right and carmella and Brittany, what did you wager on brian and jay's ability Having played both Brian and Jay before, I know that they're pretty solid when it comes to food trivia. So we only gave them a hundred. And Brian and Jay, what did you wager on Brittany and Carmela's ability? I've seen the weird stuff Brittany eats and Carmela seems worldly. So we put a hundred on them as well. <laughs> both teams wagering a hundred on each other. And that was a smart move. Burger King is your answer. It started as Insta Burger King. And then prior to being 
uh, acquired by Pillsbury, they dropped it and just became Burger King. You know, it's cleaner. Is that where obnoxious Instagram photos of your plates when you go out to the uh, restaurants came from? It yes. Very well, maybe. <laughs> I bet Burger King's Insta is fire. <laughs> After question number two, Brittany and Carmela have 2,000. Brian and Jay have 1,600. Heading into the world history question, Jay and Brian, what did you wager on this one? Uh, we went big on this one, 300 points. And Brittany and Carmela, what did you wager? We went medium on this one and wagered 200. All right. In the category of world history, during the French Revolution, the cult of reason became France's first established state-sponsored atheistic religion. It was adopted for about a year before being replaced by what other cult promoted by Robespierre? Both cults were banned by Napoleon in 1802. All right, Brian and I, I believe, are locked in with guests. Brian and Jay are locked in. Brittany and Carmela, go ahead and talk it out. Uh, cult of Personality is a great song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. Um, but I don't think Ropes PR promoted it, despite me being the one who suggested it. Um, I do like your thought process there. That kind of makes sense. I mean, the, the, the Jacobins are, are what he was a part of. Mm-hmm. Um they did get pretty culty you know towards yeah. the end <laughs> yeah so. that makes a lot more sense than either of my answers which one was cult of personality and the other was like the cult of no pants because of the sans culot <laughs> thing which is really what i remember from the french revolution right so i'm perfectly happy to go with your answer of jacobins okay as i'm trying to i've been rereading sandman and um they actually do a part of, of it in the french revolution and i'm trying to like remember all the stuff um and the only thing i'm pulling back out is jacobin so um let's go with jacobin let's go with it all right Brittany and carmella are locking in with jacobin jay and brian what did you uh submit i came up with something that sounded french and revolutionary uh and 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 brian didn't say no uh so we're going with the huguenots all right and Brittany and Carmela, what did you wager on Brian and Jay's ability? Um, we thought if they were going to go for go big, they should earn it. So we wagered 300 on them being wrong. All right. And Brian and Jay, what did you wager on the ladies? Uh, put 200 on them by process of elimination. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, well, we're off to a bit of a rough start. Uh, because this was the cult of the supreme being was the name of the cult that replaced the cult of reason. Isn't that just the predecessor to the church of the flying spaghetti monster? <laughs> Pretty much. I actually expected somebody to just put that out there because they didn't know. I think that's a, a secret menu item at Taco Bell. <laughs> trap supreme being. Uh, the cult of the supreme being is the answer we were looking for so coming out of the first set of questions Brittany and carmella have 2100 brian and jay have 1500 our next set of categories are in business history and video games i concur jay let's go with that all right wagers coming into you now And I've sent you our wagers as well. No tabs, but I'll take an RC Cola, please. (laughs) 
They get a Pepsi free? The hell you can't. They <laughs> <laughs> get a tab. You gotta have a tab. You gotta order something. <laughs> I'm sure you're quoting something, but I don't know what. Back to the Future 2. I wrote a WTF question about it, Brittany, about that quote. You've written 1,750 questions or something like that. I'm not great at math, um, <laughs> but it feels like you've written that many. And I've played most of them. I'm doing my statigories on it. <laughs> statigories? Yeah, statistics of categories. Oh, statigories. I, I get it. I'm just yeah. laughing at it. Yeah, it's been about 1,700. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I don't remember every single one you've written. Okay, but what if did? That would be awesome. And I think I got that one right just by context cluing. <laughs> but... All right, our wagers are in. Uh, before we dive in, Brian and Jay, what did you wager on the category of business? Um. So I suck at business. Jay wasn't feeling that that one too strongly either. So we're just going with 100 on this one. All right. 100 for Brian and Jay. Brittany and Carmela, what did you wager? Coincidentally enough, also 100. <laughs> okay. In the category of business, what company produced the first mail order catalog in the United States in 1845? This catalog was dubbed the Blue Book. Yeah, let's lock that in then. Okay, works for me. Brittany and Carmela are locked in. Jay and Brian, go ahead and talk it out. See, we've, we've um, got two on the plate right now is the problem, Tim. Yeah. Uh, I threw out pretty quickly over to Brian uh, Sears Roebuck, um, and he came back with Sears or J.C. Penny. And, yeah, there's there's a possibility for J.C. Penny. Um, so that's kind of where we're at right now, and I have to – Decide if I want to um, politic for Sears over J.C. Penny or defer, or is there a third option? A secret third thing. <laughs> a surprise I, I tool you'll find out about later. It's, it's going to be one of those two. I, I mean, I remember hearing stories about them not having a catalog or anything new to put in the catalog, so they still sent out the catalog, and they sent the catalog blank, so people had stuff for their outhouse. Because for, for which used, brand? I Well... It's one or the other. Oh, damn I it. I, I, I don't I don't remember which. It's I'm, one of those two. I, I want to go first guess, best guess here because we both front loaded with Sears. Okay. Um, you know, the Sears Roebuck Corporation in the mid 18th century or 19th century mm -hmm. feels right. I do not know offhand how old JCPenney is. I know Sears Roebuck, Penny, I know definitely like yeah, 200 years they old. They were, it's going to be close between the two, but I'm fine with, I'm fine with Sears. We can go with Sears. All right, uh, we are locking in with uh, well, what is today, Sears. All right, Jay and Brian are locking in with Sears. Brittany and Carmelo, what did you have? Uh, we both messaged us to each other pretty quickly. Um, and thinking about the JCPenney Sears conversation, Sears definitely, their logo was blue. Um, I think JCPenney's is like a purpley red color. Um, but yeah, we said Sears. All right. Both teams locking in with Sears. Brittany and Carmela, what did you wager on Brian and Jay's ability on this one? Well, we were kind of hoping they suck at business, so we wagered 300 on them being wrong. All right. And Brian and Jay? I will have you know that I only suck at my own business. Thank you very much. Uh, in any event, uh, we, we put 200 on this uh, in defense. Weird flex. 
<laughs> look at my income. All right. So J.C. Penny was founded in 1902. Uh, so about 57 years after what we're talking about here. Uh, the first Sears catalog was in 1891. Uh, the first mail order catalog, and the big clue here being the Blue Book, it was Tiffany and Company. Hmm. Oh, all right. I'll be honest. Gotcha. I heard Blue Book and thought of like Kelly, Kelly Blue Book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what was was Kelly a department store no this has got to be serious that's right i I heard mail order and figured they were just shipping cowboys (laughs) uh so tiffany and co means both teams got this one incorrect uh but both teams wagered that the opponent was going to get it more incorrect um Carmela and Brittany are going to pick up 200 points. They're at 2,300. And Brian and Jay pick up 100. They're at 1,600. As we head into our category of history, uh, Brittany and Carmela, what did you wager on history? History is pretty broad. We felt kind of mid. We said 200. And Brian and Jay, what did you wager? We also wagered 200. Look, it's hard. History is literally everything that isn't currently happening. In the category of history, what man organized an attack on Tokyo on April 18th, 1942, launching B-25 bombers from aircraft carriers? The attack served as the first retaliation for the bombing of Pearl Harbor. This person was portrayed by Alec Baldwin in Pearl Harbor and Aaron Eckert in 2019's Midway. Sounds perfect to me. Okay, we're going to lock in. All right, Brittany and Carmella are locked in. Jay and Brian talk it out. Uh, I, I saw Pearl Harbor. I know it was Alec Baldwin. I, I'm having a hard time pulling the name on this. Um, it was called the the Something Run. Um, okay. Because it was yeah they Just... they took the the retrofitted bombers off the aircraft character uh, carriers and they they had to fly them much farther than the bombers were ever intended uh, to fly. So they had like super strip them down and it's. Yep. And I'm just I'm just word salading okay. here until the name comes to me. This this was not MacArthur. No, right? it wasn't MacArthur. Was, I, but I feel like, like it was an Irish or Scotch or name. Nimitz or McDonald. No, it wasn't McDonald. This is a thousand percent. If I hear it, I'm going to go yes, absolutely. But can I recall it? Is the problem? Okay. Does Mac something sound right? Not strongly. Um, oh, okay. something maybe like the O'Doyle run, but not O'Doyle. O'Malley, O'Doyle, O'Connell. Um, it's the Dooley run. Dooley, yes. There it is. Uh, I, yeah, I was I going think... Doyle, Doyle. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Dooley. Yeah. Let's let's lock in with that. It is uh, the Dooley run, which would make it if to answer your technical question, Dooley. All right. So Jay and Brian are locking in with Dooley. Carmela and Brittany, what did you have here? Uh, I remember that name differently. Um, I know it as Doolittle, like Jimmy Doolittle. <laughs> and I'm hoping to God it's Jimmy Doolittle. <laughs> it is a thousand goddamn percent. <laughs> and Brittany and Carmelo, what did you bet on Jay and Brian's ability here? We bet 200 that they would get it wrong. And Brian and Jay? We bet 100 that they would get it wrong. 
All right. Uh, so as you are kicking yourself knowing, Carmilla and Brittany are correct. It was Jimmy Doolittle. It was the Doolittle Raid. Not the, not, not the Dooley Run, the Doolittle Raid. Did, did, did my microphone cut yeah. out? Did you miss a syllable there? I'm sorry. I <laughs> Doolittle. Yeah, it's just a dull in there. All right. Our next question was in the category of video games. Brian and Jay, what did you wager here on your ability? Uh, we if we went big, and hopefully at some point we do well. 300. All right. And Brittany and Carmella? We also did 300. All right. In the category of video games, which home gaming console, codenamed Dolphin, was the third best-selling console in the sixth generation of video game consoles? We're going to lock in. Carmilla and Brittany are locked in. Jay and Brian, go ahead and talk it out. Um, the question yeah. we're trying to solve is what what era is the sixth generation? Yeah. Um, so um, you would assume first generation. Actually, and I think you you're you're. I think you started too late because first generation. You're talking Atari twenty six hundred and the ColecoVision. It, it, it might be. I, I tend to pin it to the NES um, because of the console wars era, but. Yeah, you could be I right could on that. Be. So that would make like the NES era and the Sega Master System second gen. It would make the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo third gen. Uh, that would put like the GameCube and PlayStation 1 and like Lynx and Jaguar Neo Geo. That would be like fourth gen. Um, that would get us to around the time of like the Nintendo Wii back in like early mid 2000s, wouldn't it? Um, roughly, I, I never owned a Wii, but I picturing it wasn't the, wasn't the console kind of, I, it was a, it was a light gray, wasn't it? It or, was or like, white, gray, yeah. Or kind of a, a grayish white and rounded edges. Maybe that's where we're pulling a dolphin. But here's the problem with that. Um, the Wii was far and away the best selling console of its generation. It was. Yeah, no, it sold huge numbers. Um, like Wii Sports is, I think, oh, right. quite possibly Third the best selling, yeah, best selling uh, console video game of all time, arguably because of the sales of, of Wii's. Um, yeah, they, they were marketable to everybody, old and, and young and new and third um, best selling console. So that would in that generation. Yeah, that generation was Wii, the Xbox 360, so... and I think the PlayStation Three. I think the PS2 would have been in the previous generation. Okay. But that would also be... What about a Wii U? Yeah, Wii U, I think, is too late generationally. Okay. Because the Wii U would then be at least 7th, possibly even 8th generation. Okay, so if we go the other direction... Yeah, let's consider that. That would get us into the late 90s, which is when uh, the Sega Dreamcast came about, and it sold like shit, dude. (laughs) Yeah. And that one, I, I do. I, Echo I the kinda... Dolphin was a, a Sega property. So maybe that's the connection to the name Dolphin. It was also very rounded, especially with the controller. Um, yeah, if we're not thinking like, cast? yeah, if we're not thinking later than the Wii and we're thinking before, then I, I really think it's either the Dreamcast or the Jaguar. And I think. I, I don't think the Jaguar sold enough to even make third. Exactly. I also think it was a little earlier. It's like a year or two earlier. 
because you got to figure third is going to be behind Nintendo and either Sega or Sony or Microsoft, depending on where we're at in the timeline. Yeah. Um, so if we're thinking at, late at, 90s, yeah, then at, yeah, at it's going to be. Point, we're looking at the, the top two. What, the top three are going to be Nintendo and Sega, or I, I, Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking it's, you know, N64, PlayStation or PlayStation 2, and then uh, Dreamcast. I, I think we've talked ourselves into it. I don't think there's anything better. Okay. You want to go Dreamcast? Yeah, we're going to lock in with the Sega Dreamcast. Okay. All right. Jay and Brian are locking in the Sega Dreamcast. Brittany and Carmelo, what did you have here? Carmelo, please take it away. <laughs> uh, so I heard the question in my first instinct was the we have to like no wait that was originally called the revolution um and that would have been probably seventh generation because the generation before would have been the 360 the ps2 and the gamecube and i believe the gamecube was originally called the dolphin so we said gamecube all right and Brittany and carmella what did you wager on brian and jay's ability here against mr geek trivia and ms nerdy trivia we gave them a (laughs) hundred And Brian and Jay? Oh, I played the stereotypes, uh, and we decided to put 300 on them. <laughs> all right. I so. talk about video games literally all the time. <laughs> I know, but I know Brittany doesn't know a video from a game, so. Well, <laughs> I'll let you know if we're right. I have a GameCube out of my living room right now. <laughs> I unironically owned a Sega Dreamcast, so. So the first generation of consoles included the Odyssey series, the Atari Home Pong, the Coleco Telstar, and the Color TV game series. Um, the seventh generation was the Wii, the PlayStation 3, and the uh, Xbox 360. The sixth generation, the top selling was the PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. Second place was the Microsoft Xbox. And in third, the Nintendo GameCube. Well done, Carmela. <laughs> With the Sega Dreamcast being fourth in that generation. Oh, it was fourth in that. Ge- I thought it was you were going to say it was in fifth generation. Oh. Same, ge- same generation. You had the right yeah. generation we, with the Dreamcast. We, were, we but... were there. We just didn't pull the right one. It was the, all over yeah. it. Yeah. Because the PlayStation, the original PlayStation was in the same gen as the N64. Mm-hmm. As everyone else moved to discs, but Nintendo stayed with cartridges. And that's why Squeenix moved over to PlayStation. Yep, exactly. So, after our second set of questions, Brittany and Carmella have a commanding lead. It is 3,100 to Brian and Jay's 700 as we enter our third set of categories. So you're saying there's not a chance. All right. Let's see if we can survive the next round, Brian. The beauty of this game is that it can go... This can have wilder swings than our friend at NerdOff, so... Our three categories in section three are European history, sports, and geography. It's literally just asking you about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, send that over. I concur, Jay. Let's do that. All right, sending that over now. Sorry, I have to mute because I have the world's clickiest, clackiest keyboard. All right, our wagers are in. Uh, Brian and Jay, what did you bet on your European history knowledge? But a, a reasonably middly, groundy, two hundred e ishy on this one. 
All right, Brittany and Carmela, what did you say? By uh, process of elimination, we ended up betting 300. <laughs> All right, in European history, what 1618 event in Bohemia, the third such event to have this name, led to the reign of Frederick V and, eventually, the start of the Thirty Years' War? I, I got this, and I got this dead to rights, Brian. I completely believe you. Should we lock in with that? Yep, I'm good. All right, we're in. All right, Jay and Brian are locked in. Brittany and Carmela talk it out. I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, the third such event to have this name. It's way too late for it to be the Third Crusade. So, could it be like the Great Schism? Like, I was kind of wondering about those? that. I, you know, you can schism a lot of things. You could. Um, in 1618 would definitely be after one schism, at least. Yeah. And, um, I, and it would have it would have been after the Orthodox Church broke away from the Catholic Church. So, mm-hmm. which I think was, is usually what I think about for the Great yeah. Schism. And this um, is, I mean, at least in British history, this would be the reign of King James I. So... Mm-hmm. That definitely was rife with schismy type events. Absolutely, I just like saying the word schism. To be honest, yes, it's, it's a fun word. Um, <laughs> um, but I don't have any other guesses as to what it could be, um, unless there's like multiple Protestant reformations. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the first one was like in the 1500s, so like that seems a little too close together for it to be a third one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of like the schism thing. Okay, so we're going to say the Great Schism. Mm -hmm. All right. Brittany and Carmela say the Great Schism. Jay and Brian, you locked in real quick with this one. So before Jay gives our answer, because she's awesome, weirdly, this is like the third time in this, in one weekend, that I've had the word schism come up in conversation, which is a lot for an atheist. (laughs) 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 And it just struck me as weird that that happened to come up again. So, they're coming sorry. to get you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Three right. times you're saying, Brian? Mm. Jay, please take it away. If I had a nickel for every time a bunch of people in the Czech Republic threw political uh, opponents out a window, I'd have three nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's really weird that it happened thrice. I'm pretty sure this is the third uh, defenestration of Prague. And Jay and Brian, what did you wager on? Brittany and Carmela's ability here. Uh, we went middle of the road on that one for 200 points. And Brittany and Carmela, what did you wager? <laughs> uh, you know, we, based on their historical knowledge so far, we, we went 300 for them. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it was Brittany who said schism is a really fun word, but you know what's an even more fun word? Defenestration. <laughs> it's my all-time <laughs> favorite word. This is yes. the third defenestration of Prague. well done i wouldn't have gotten there Brittany. the third to have this name locked me in i'm like there were three of them i wrote i mean if i had known bohemia was in czechoslovakia modern day Uh, czechia that might have helped but you know so heading into the question number two of the section uh britney and carmela what did you wager on your sports knowledge uh, I, 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 so Carmelo typed 
I don't know shit about sports. At the same time, I was typing, so how, any chance you're decent at sports? <laughs> um, so we came up with 100 pretty quickly. <laughs> All right. And Brian and Jay, what did you say? Well, here's the advantage, Tim, is I have the the only dude on the podcast. And then said dude said, and I quote, um, I'm also not a sports guy. So <laughs> I'm somehow the subject matter expert here in sports because I write some sports questions. Uh, yeah, we ended up going 100 as well. <laughs> All right. Our question in the category of sports, what boxer known as the Brown Bomber had a record of 66 and three and was victorious in a record 25 consecutive title defenses? No, I like the first one better, Jay. Yeah, I have to agree with you, especially after seeing it in comparison with the other ones. I'm good okay. to lock that in if you are. I am. Let's All right. It in. Jay and Brian are locked in. Brittany and Carmella talk it out. Yeah, I'm trying to think of boxers that that actually like know their like nickname yeah. or whatever. So like, it's not Muhammad Ali. It's not mm-hmm. uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't think George Foreman really had a name like that. No, he's known as the Indoor Grill. Yeah. Um, so I was like, what other boxers do I know? And then I came up with Joe Lewis. <laughs> God damn it, Brittany. Um, <laughs> you almost got me. You almost got me. Yeah, he's not very creative with names. Just ask all of his sons, George Foreman. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I was trying to think of boxers whose name I knew but didn't know their like ring names. Is that what yeah. their nicknames? I don't know. Uh, Evander Holyfield was a name I knew. Um <laughs> But then you said Joe Lewis, and I kind of like that better than Holyfield. And uh, I don't have anything better. Yeah, Um, I think it's going to be an older boxer, not, you know, someone, I mean, not that Evander Holyfield is super modern, um, but I don't think it'd be somebody within the last 20 years. Yeah, probably not. Um, And I know that Joe Lewis was, you know, wasn't he part of the Thrilla in Manila or whatever? I think it might have been. He might have been one of those. Yeah. I mean, so, he's, I mean, he was he a really famous boxer. <laughs> yeah. He would have had to have a really good record to make it to that. So I'm yeah. perfectly fine with going Joe Lewis. Okay. Then that's what we're locking in with. All right. Brittany and Carmela are locking in with Joe Lewis. Jay and Brian, what did you say? Well, ran over a couple of the names that they came up with. And I feel comfortable that they were correct in not being correct because they fought in an era where 25 consecutive tile defenses would have made them you know, for that time, the all-time great. And we live in a world with Ali, so it probably wasn't anybody who was a Muhammad Ali contemporary. And from there, Brian threw a name out. And the name I threw out was Joe Lewis. All right, Brian and Carmella, oh, sorry, Brian and Jay, what did you wager on Carmella and Brittany's ability? Frustratingly, currently 300. (laughs) And Carmella and Brittany, what did you wager on Brian and Jay? We wagered 100. Yes. Because <laughs> we thought there was a chance y'all would know sports. <laughs> well, he has a statue in Detroit and a stadium used to be named for him. It is Joe Lewis. Ooh. I don't know if I would ever get that question right. <laughs> ever. <laughs> well, you did. I did. <laughs> you sure the fuck did. <laughs> Let me have this, Jay. We, we got it, <laughs> it right, and me. we lost points. I know. <laughs> we don't have points to lose on your lucky-ass guesses. That is the frustrating <laughs> part of this format, is you can be completely right and still lose points. 
but Brittany and Carmela have 2,500 to Brian and Jay's 900 as we enter the final question of this section, which was in the category of geography. Brittany and Carmela, what did you wager on your geography knowledge? We went meh. 200 <laughs> yeah, like, eh. like i'm i'm shit at sports i'm not great at geography <laughs> our best shot is european history and you could just throw that right out the window so <laughs> 200 <laughs> good joke that was a good joke well done jay and brian what did you wager on your geographical knowledge we, we put the uh the 300 here knowing that i've got a bunch of trivial pursuit and i've read some geography well, the good news is, is that you will see the final three categories of the round. Uh, you have enough points to make it out of the section. I'll take the limited victories when they come. Uh-huh. All right. This one's a little bit long, so I apologize. Rhode Island has the highest percentage of its residents who live in a single metro area, with 98% of Rhode Islanders living in and around Providence. What state's largest metro area, approximately 700 miles from Providence, has the lowest percentage of its state's residents, with 14%. The area is the capital of its state and sits on the Elk and Kanawha Rivers. Okay, I think we can lock in. Brittany and Carmela are locked in. Jay and Brian, what are you thinking? Well, we had okay. a thought, and now I, I want to kind of vocalize my thoughts to Brian. A yeah, little bit talk, on this talk me through your math there. I, geographically speaking, like in terms of 700 miles from Providence, I got myself either into the far southern uh, part of the eastern seaboard, or we're probably going to be in like the Great Lakes region. Uh, so okay. my thought came to Ohio because Columbus, the capital, uh, is the largest city in Ohio. But then I, I remembered that the question is about uh, its largest metro area, and Columbus does not have a strong suburban population. It's, it's largely just uh, built on the fact that it's you know, the home of Ohio State and the state capital and everything. So Columbus, the city, is the biggest city in Ohio, but I don't think Columbus, the metro area, uh, is even you know in the top two. I think the Cleveland and Cincinnati metro areas would beat it. So that's where I'm thinking it's not Columbus. And something sparked in my head with the name Elk River, um, being from Illinois. I think the Elk River runs through Indianapolis, or at least Indiana. Uh, and I know that you know Indianapolis, the capital, doesn't have a huge population, doesn't have a lot of suburbanites, and there are some decent other population centers relative to that, in like Gary and South Bend, and yep, okay, uh, Muncie, Terre Haute, all all of that. So, and it okay. also feels yeah. like it'd be about a twelve-hour drive from Indianapolis to Providence, and that would put us in approximately 700 miles. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, rereading through this, it's the largest metro area, it's the state capital, mm-hmm. and about 700 miles, I, I'm on board. Yeah, Let's Kanawha is a very uh, Midwestern Plains American Indian name, as yes, I'm sure you're familiar from Iowa, me from Illinois, and they're, uh-huh. it's not in either of those. Um, do you think it's farther? Do you think it there's no way it's it's farther because it's not going to be yeah it's not going to be wisconsin all right could it's it be not going to be michigan so i think yeah it's not going to be, be kentucky probably not because frankfurt is no way is frankfurt's uh no louisville's bigger than frankfurt yeah um nashville no is, uh... no well well actually 
crap, there's there's some value there because while Nashville is very big, it's barely larger than Memphis. Uh, and there's, you know, there's three distinct sections of Tennessee. Um, and mm-hmm. like the rivers wouldn't be too far off either if they ran north south. So, God. Okay. But, but that, that said, Indiana or, or, or Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> or Nashville. Um, about 700 miles from Providence. Providence in right. Rhode Island is relatively close to Boston, it's going to be farther. Uh, from the Midwest than like New York City. Uh, I know Chicago to Boston is like a 14-hour drive. So uh, I can say that the Mississippi to Boston is a 16-hour drive because I've done it. Yeah. Um, so since Indianapolis, and I'm just doing road trip math in my head now, uh, uh-huh. Chicago to Indianapolis is close to four hours. It's like three and a half, four hours. Um so if you subtract about three hours, you know, because of the east to west, that would get you, yeah, to about 11, 12 hours away from Providence, which would be roughly 700 highway miles. Um, I think Nashville might be too far south. Okay, let's go Indianapolis. <laughs> and, and the die is cast. We're saying, uh, well, we're saying Indiana as the state. Yes, Indiana. Jay and Brian are locking in with Indiana. So, Brittany, it turns out I misunderstood this whole uh, question. Yeah, we thought you were asking for the metro area, not the state. Well, I mean, um, you could still give me the state yeah. of the metro area. Sure. Well, you know, they went with Indianapolis. We went a little bit more mainstream. Um, <laughs> it went mainstream Annapolis. But we had we, we had reasons. Like, uh, so from personal knowledge, the distance from uh, Chicagoland to Fargo is... 650 miles highway and that takes about nine and a half to ten hours to drive so 700 can't be really that much more you're looking probably like ten and a half to eleven um and all that being said we were kind of thinking like albany's way too close to rhode island uh we did kind of think about harrisburg pennsylvania being maybe far enough away and the elk and kanawha river sounding kind of midwestern um, and they claim that that area is a little bit Midwestern. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> um, <laughs> Brian's doing weird, like, curse symbols at us. signs here, um, <laughs> crossing fingers on this one. Um, yeah. But, you know, then Carmela was like, well, how do you feel about Maryland? And I was like, oh, you know what? That's a bit further south and away from Providence. And, yeah, Annapolis definitely isn't the largest population wise i think it's got a pretty big metro area but yeah most people live in baltimore so um i think we just decided to lock in with mainstream annapolis mm-hmm. all right and Brittany and carmelo what did you wager on jay and brian's ability here uh we gave them 200 and brian and jay what did you say I only just now got the mainstream Annapolis versus the Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I should, uh... Fourteen forced puns in a trench coat. I'm telling you. I mean, I can give you the answer to this, but it really just enables Brittany. Ah, one hundred. We put one hundred on it. Okay. Uh, so I, I honestly thought Jay and Brian were going to get here. Uh, because Jay said, uh, on, uh, to the one side, you have the Midwest. To the other side, you're looking at, like, the southern Atlantic seaboard. 
but you forgot about the middle part of it. It's Charleston, West Virginia. Oh, I didn't forget about West Virginia. I choose actively not to acknowledge it. <laughs> Charleston, West Virginia sits at the uh, the Elk and the Kanawha Rivers and has the lowest, the yeah. lowest percentage of its population in the metro area. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Well, West Virginia uh-huh. only has 14 people, so how does that math work? <laughs> One or two live in... I think most people live in Morgantown. So specifically, we were looking for West Virginia there, uh, Charleston. Okay. This sentence I've never heard before and refuse to hear again. We were looking for West Virginia. So we have finished section three in the first round, and heading into section four, Brittany and Carmela have twenty five hundred. Jay and Brian have seven hundred. Our final three categories, as a reminder, at the end of this section, if any, if both teams have points, the lower team will be eliminated. Our three categories are funny music, the news, and literature. All right, Brian and I are good to go. And I'm going to grab a beer real fast. This is from Lakefront Brewery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And this is their Imperial Raspberry Vanilla Ale, barrel-aged. And I've had a few of these already. And there's a reason why I waited to open it until the third one of the night. Because I I don't know if it's the barrel-age plus the vanilla. It tastes very perfumey to me. Our wagers are in. Uh, Jay and Brian, what did you wager on your funny music knowledge? Not enough. <laughs> we we wagered all we could, which was 300. All right. And Brittany and Carmela, what did you wager? We wagered 100 by process of elimination. All right. In the category of funny music, Ricky Lindholm and Kate Micucci perform as what comedy music duo utilizing names from other iconic duos? The name has had some popularity with songs like The Loophole and Save the Rich. Deadlocked. Yeah, same. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're good. <laughs> All right. Do we want to try to 3 2 one it? I, do you we, know what? Is can. this that kind of show? I, we could try. Stand on your I own mean, legs here. We did it on episode one. Yeah. Uh, all right, so in three, two, one. Garfunkelinos. Fuck me in the ass because I love Jesus. Excuse me. Jay and Brian, what did you wager on Carmela and Brittany's ability here? Oh, exactly what you thought we did. Uh, 300, because we went, and I quote, with the opposite of our instincts for this round, because the first three rounds uh, you know, did not suit us. And Carmela and Brittany, what did you wager? We wagered uh, 100 because Jay's a karaoke DJ and Brian knows a lot of music. (laughs) All right. Well, this is going to come out as a wash because everybody got it right and everybody bet an equal amount as they bet on their opponents. It was Garfunkel and Oates. And I tell you, the loophole is the funniest Mm -hmm. song I've ever heard. Oh, I know. Not familiar. (laughs) Uh, but also save the rich is very funny Mm -hmm. um which they do at least one of their one of the music videos for it is done with weird al Um, i also personally love pregnant women are smug yes 
everybody knows it, but nobody says it because they're pregnant. pregnant. (laughs) And sports go sports. (laughs) Brittany and Carmela, what did you wager on your ability for the news? Um, I feel okay with news, so we said 200. (laughs) And Jay and Brian, what did you wager? The news is very yuckyoid, so we said 100. All right, in the category of the news. And that's a part of our world, was the iconic sign-off for what anchor five years after he succeeded Walter Cronkite as host of CBS Evening News. All right, I think uh, Brian and I have come to a consensus on this one. I concur. Brian and Jay are locked in. Brittany and Carmilla, talk it out. Um, I only suggested Dan Rather because I know that he you know, came after Cronkite at some point. Uh, but that sign-off doesn't sound familiar, and I'll admit I've read more news than I watched, so I don't really know anyone's sign-off. <laughs> so. so I like Dan Rather, um, but I thought of Mike Wallace. Uh, his son, Chris Wallace, is the one who was on Fox News ah. and and stuff like that. But, um, which... <laughs> Waco and I talk about this. I was like, like, I wonder how his dad feels about what he does. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the main reason why I'm thinking of it. Um, Cause I, I can't place Mike Wallace. Dan rather. I mean, I seen him since I was a kid, Walter Cronkite just feels so much older for me. Um, but again, I can't place Mike Wallace. Chris Wallace is old now, old dish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Well, it would be a coin flip for me. I mean, if you remember watching Dan Rather, do you remember him signing off with? And that's a part of our world. No. <laughs> then I think we should go with Mike Wallace because okay. if you watched one for sure and don't remember it, then I'd say let's go with the one that we can't place as well. So okay, so we're gonna say Mike Wallace. It's probably wrong, but we're gonna say Mike Wallace. <laughs> All right, Brittany and Carmela are locking in with. Mike Wallace, Jay and Brian, what did you have? Not Mike Wallace, so probably the wrong answer. Um, <laughs> see, I am now in chaos mode uh, as we <laughs> approach the inevitable heat death of this team. Um, so I remember in the 80s, you had the big three. You had Rather, Jennings, and Brokaw. Uh, Rather was CBS, Jennings was ABC, and Brokaw was NBC. So the question for me really became, was he the successor to Cronkite or was there somebody in the middle uh, where I was at? And what I was talking to Brian about was if there was somebody in the middle, I don't know who it was. So it's either rather, or we're getting it wrong. And I didn't have anything better. All right. Jay and Brian, what did you bet on Brittany and Carmela's knowledge here? Uh, this one was a 200 from us. And Carmela and Brittany, what did you wager? Is a 200 from Ops as well, dog. <laughs> I had to channel Randy Jackson for like a second. I don't know why. And that's a part of our world was the iconic sign off for Walter Cronkite's successor, Dan Rather. Ah. I don't remember that about Dan Rather. I'm sorry, Brittany. Brian, we got Absolutely one. That they no I know. He spent about five years coming up with an iconic sign-off before coming up with, and that's a part of our world. It didn't have to do with defenestration or anything. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And our final question of the first half. 
Brittany and Carmelo, what did you wager on literature? We wagered 300. We felt best about it. And Brian and Jay, what did you wager? Yeah, we split the middle and went 200. All right. In the category of literature, a mustard seed, a buttercup, holly leaves, and a velvet-like leaf rosette called hound's tongue are weirdly among the items referenced by the three sisters in what literary work? We are locked in. Brian and Jay are locked in. Brittany and Carmela talk it out. Yeah, uh, this this sounds like the the weird sisters in um the in Macbeth, uh, you know, the, the three witches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does sound like potion ingredients. So, but why would it say weirdly among the items? Because they're called the weird sisters. Oh, okay. Well then, <laughs> that answers that one. <laughs> As you see, sometimes Brittany, you use words uh, in definitional contexts other than the ones they're intended to be for humorous purposes. It's called yeah. a pun. I forgot they were called the Weird Sisters. I just remember them as the Three Witches. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, that tracks. Um, and no one gives hints in their questions. Who would do that? Um, <laughs> Not uh, any any hosts here. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> not any of them. Um, There's only five of us in the room, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm perfectly fine with locking in the Scottish play. Yeah. All right. Brittany and Carmela are locking in with Macbeth. Jay and Brian, what did you say? Yeah, I think uh, Shakespeare actually phrases it as tongue of hound um, because some of that stuff in there was actual animal parts and some of it was just references to botanical things that had animalistic names. Uh, Weirdly is such a good clue, by the way, Tim. Um, I love it. It's great. Chef's kiss. Can I have 5,000 points? (laughs) <laughs> there's no extra credit for yeah. sucking up jay you know you don't know until you try carmella i was gonna say this is still a new podcast <laughs> you never know how the rules work but i would formally protest if that was allowed you, you make them up as you go um brian uh and i basically simultaneously both landed on the same answer i'll let you have the thunder on this one brian do you know what the difference is between a brown noser and a shithead jay depth perception depth perception <laughs> Yeah, this was uh, we we both immediately zeroed in on uh, on those three sisters in that Scottish play that I don't want to say out loud. Oh, what's right. gonna happen? We'll lose. I'll say it. Macbeth. <laughs> Macbeth. What's the worst that could happen? And Brian and Jay, what did you bet on Carmela and Brittany's ability here? Uh, a scant one hundred on this one. And what about Brittany and Carmela? We gave them 300 by process of elimination. (laughs) All right. So uh, these items are in order. Eye of Newt and Toe of Frog, Wool of Bat and Tongue of Dog. This is from Double Double Toil and Trouble from the play Macbeth. Macbeth is a correct answer here. Both teams are getting uh, their wagers and they're losing their bets on their opponent which means we have come to the end of the first half and Brittany and Carmela have 2,100 points. Brian and Jay have 1,100, which means we do say farewell to Brian and Jay. Uh, They're still going to stick around and talk trash because that's a lot of fun, but Brittany and Carmela are going to move on. You think I'm sticking around? All right. (laughs) (laughs) Brittany and Carmela are going to move on to our one-on-one round where all the rules are the same, 
So Brittany and Carmela are going to split their points and round up. They're going to start with 1100, but Jay and Brian are going to stick around to talk trash as we head into the second half. Hey, trivia lovers. Want to get the pub trivia experience in an interactive way? Check out Liquid Courage Entertainment. With a wide range of offerings online, LK has you covered. Streaming a wide variety of trivia games on Twitch with one-of-a-kind formats like Tringo, Guestimate, Mega Sheep, and more. Or check out the World Trivia Federation. With 36 hours to answer each quiz and no obligation, the WTF is the perfect solution to scratch that trivia itch on your own time. Come see us at twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage or check out patreon.com slash liquid courage to join the WTF for as little as $2 a month. That's liquid courage with a K. Innovative, interactive, intoxicating. All right, so we are here for the second round. And just as a reminder, once one player locks in, that triggers a 30-second timer in which I need an answer from the other player. Other than that, all the rules stay the same. Brittany and Carmela are starting with 1,100 points each as we head to our first section of questions. Our three categories are video games, LGBTQ plus icons, and geographic history. And I'm against Carmela for this. Awesome. <laughs> so, Jay, you and I are out, but the categories being video games, uh, LGBTQ plus uh, icons, and geographic history. I'm really glad we lost. I don't have to face you on this particular set of set. Shenanigans, I tell you. Yes. It's, it's like that, this set was written for you. Yeah, or written for Carmela. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who notably writes and hosts the, I believe, Pride Month episode every year for Trivial Warfare. Yeah, well, that's what I get for being the only queer person on that show. <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey, you do a heck of a job with it. I enjoy it. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate year, that. So. All right. Our wages are locked in. Let's start with Brittany. What did you wager on video games? I wagered a hundred because the earlier one, I didn't even know what you meant by generation of consoles. So. <laughs> and Carmela, what did you wager? I wagered 300. All right. So in the category of video games, Invasion of the Vorticons, Goodbye Galaxy, and Aliens Ate My Babysitter are among the titles of what 2D side-scrolling video game series published by id Software in the early 90s. I will lock in. Brittany is locking in. So, Carmela, you've got 30 seconds. It, so, it's software, the guys that did Doom, they also did this like Captain something, and I can't remember what it is. I, when I read Masters of Doom, they talked about the series as well, and I can't remember. Oh, it's Captain something. Um, it's Captain. Captain Fantastic. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Carmela locks in with Captain Fantastic. Brittany, what did you lock in with? Oh, I had no clue. I just wanted to force Carmela to have less thinking time. So I went with Hollow Space Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Very cruel <laughs> to make That's me play smart. the game is that I know. That I know. <laughs> Bringing the enemies to frenemies here. <laughs> But know that I love you and you're like an icon to me. <laughs> Brittany, what did you bet on Carmela's ability here? A hundred. And Carmela, what did you wager on Brittany's? I wagered 300. 
do either of our peanut gallery know the answer to this one? Like when Carmella just kind of ripped off Captain Courageous, that rang a bell for me, but I don't have any strong idea. I have an image of the game in my head, but I could not for the life of me tell you the name of it. And I'm confusing it with some other games that came out like several years earlier that were like got, those 2D style adventure games. I've got like a Bucky something in my head that could not might might be completely off there. No, Carmella was on the right track. It's not Captain. It's Commander Keen. Commander Keen! Oh. Yes, okay. Because it Command- wasn't Romero, it was the other guy that has the same first name that did Commander Keen. Yep. yep. Commander Keen was the answer <sighs> we were looking for there. Uh, I gotta read Masters of Doom again. <laughs> <laughs> Carmela, what did you wager on your LGBTQ plus icons knowledge? Uh, 200. And Brittany, what about you? I bet 300. Okay. What man born into slavery in 1860 was an American LGBT activist and was the first known person to self-identify as a queen of drag? I don't know this. Uh, One of us has to walk in eventually. (laughs) In theory. (laughs) We're going to sit here forever. Tied. (laughs) We're going to break the game. (laughs) What's killing me is I know that I've seen this and I've read this and I was fascinated by it. Well, they say the only winning move is not to play. Is that the answer to your Candyland question again? <laughs> you know what? No, we're, we're, we're digging into this while you all think about it. I have never had in my professional life, more people privately message me and go, Hey, I think this question is wrong. than I did about a question about the basic rules of Candyland by adults, plural adults over this weekend (laughs) people steadfastly arguing with me the point that choices do not exist in Candyland. they're like well when we play we put all the cards out and everybody gets to pick one so that counts as a choice or well you know the rules say you can take a shortcut they don't say you must and i'm like bruh (laughs) it's fucking Candyland." I'm gonna lock in with my decidedly wrong answer. I'm 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 fascinated to know what the answer to this is because I don't know it. <laughs> All right, Carmela locks in. Brittany, you have 30 seconds. Okay, so I may be completely off, but I know I've read this and I feel like the last name ends in the word son, but I can't remember if it's like Samson or Thompson or Peterson. I also feel like there's a Paul in there. So maybe it's Paulson or maybe I'm just thinking of another icon, Sarah Paulson. But, you know, that's not going to be the right answer. Because I often think of Sarah Paulson. <laughs> several reasons why that's oh, not going to be there. I need an answer. <laughs> I know you do. Uh, so you know what? Let's go with Paul Sampson. All right, Brittany, locking in with Paul Sampson. Carmela, what did you say? I just locked in with what I think would be a, a cool name for an older drag queen, and that's Dandy. <laughs> I like it. All right, Carmela locks in with Dandy. Carmela, what did you wager on Brittany's knowledge here? Uh, I think I wagered two hundred. And Brittany, what did you wager on Carmela? I also wagered two hundred for Carmela. All right. Well, as expected, neither of you are getting this one. Do I, either of the uh, peanut gallery know this? As one? expected, the shade on that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, I'm I'm still a baby trans, so I don't know the the legacy and lore yet. Only as expected, because they both locked in knowing they were locking in with the wrong answer. (laughs) Not because they're not smart or anything. (laughs) 
Uh, this is somebody who is known as the first drag queen, period. It's William Dorsey Swan. That's it. William Dorsey Swan. I found I found this fact. I don't know if I was playing trivia or something a few weeks ago. And I was like, huh, that's a really cool fact. That needs well, to be a trivia question. If that shows up in this year's Pride episode, I'll have you to thank for it. <laughs> I may also have a Pride episode coming up that uh, just might have that appear. And if I just show up at your house... <laughs> that's the thing that can always happen it's vaguely threatening <laughs> I, I apologize for the vagueness Brittany what did you wager on geographic history um, I wagered 200 for myself and what about you Carmela man I thought this round was going to go a lot differently uh, <laughs> I, I wagered 100 <laughs> All right. In geographic history, what geological period is named for the mountain range on the French-Swiss border where limestone strata from the period were first identified? Uh, locked in. Brittany is locked in. Carmela, you got 30 seconds. Well, that's, uh, I don't know if that is the Alps. Um, well, no, there's French Alps and the Swiss Alps, but what is, is it? Alpine? Alpine? <laughs> I don't know. The Alpine period. <laughs> so you're locking in with the Alpine period? I guess so, because I don't know what the hell to call it. <laughs> All right. Carmela locks in with the Alpine period. Brittany, what did you lock in with? There's something in my brain that's saying that the mountains on the French-Swiss border are called the Apennines. So I went with the Apennine period. All right. And Brittany, what did you wager on Carmela's knowledge here? Um, I went with 300 for Carmela. And Carmela, what about you? she knows that I'm not good at geography because I told her that. It's <laughs> <laughs> really the core premise. <laughs> that is one of the other fun aspects of this is you spend the entire first half telling your teammate how good or bad you are in a category. And then they get to use that information against you. <laughs> I bet 100. All right. Uh, Jay or Brian, do you guys know the answer to this? Only guess I would have is Pleistocene. And okay. I have no confidence on that at all. So the no. mountains on the French-Swiss border are known as the Jura Mountains. J-U-R-A. This is where we get the term Jurassic. I had no idea. Ba -da 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 -da. I, say, I thought Michael Crichton just coined that. <laughs> no. no, no, no. Then there's a lot of mountains on the French-Swiss border because there's definitely a Swiss Alps and a French Alps. <laughs> And the Juras. <laughs> All right. So heading into the second set of questions, everything came out of as a wash <laughs> because everybody got everything wrong in the first set. It's still 1100 to 1100. <laughs> our set of categories. Feel a little better about our performance now, Brian. Yeah. American history, technology, and entertainment. And now I have the Jurassic Park theme stuck in my head. Thanks, Brittany. I'm not apologizing for that one. <laughs> Our poor buddy Corey had to watch that movie recently like six times to write an entire Jurassic Park themed game. That but he could only write it on the first movie. Like it was and, only about Jurassic Park. Yep. It was and not that any of the rest. And there's there's no, I, I know, you know, watching Jurassic Park a bunch would be fine. 
except nobody showed up. Mm, well, but luckily then he got to go to one of those orchestra accompanied films that was Jurassic Park and got to watch it for a seventh time. <laughs> True. Yeah, it takes a little bit of the luster off at that point. But you know what, though? It's like, it seems like a super cool idea and it's very neat to experience. But then you realize, like, I could have just watched the movie at home and like put on the soundtrack at the same time. If you want a great thing to learn about soundtracks, I recommend there's a podcast called The Soundtrack Show by somebody who has worked on like he's a voice actor in star wars and he's done a whole lot of voice acting and music design and stuff like that it's a really good uh series he does like two or three episodes on a movie or a video a single movie or video game at a time great podcast i i I listened to the uh the empire strikes back first episode today yeah all right our wagers are locked in Carmela, what did you wager on your knowledge for American history? I wagered 200. And Brittany, what did you say here? Process of elimination, I wagered 300. All right. In American history, Eleanor Otto, who was born in 1919, was laid off in November 2014 and was considered the last serving what? It is believed that she had worked on every C-17 airplane at the Boeing plant. Legitimately, who has the gall to lay off somebody who's in their 90s? Boeing. Well, yeah, but like... I'm going to lock in. All right, Carmela's locked in. Brittany, you got 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm really trying to get the word winch out of my head. Unless <laughs> serving winch. Um, except that a winch is also like a thing. Um, I'm going to go <laughs> last serving airplane mechanic. All right, Brittany locking in with the last serving airplane mechanic. Carmela, what did you have here? So I, she would have been in her 20s and 30s during World War II. Um, So I thought about Rosie the Riveter. So maybe she's the last serving Riveter. Um, And that's what I went with. So I said Riveter. (laughs) Carmela, what did you wager on Brittany's knowledge here? I wager, let me write down to you. Uh, I wagered 100. And Brittany, what did you wager on Carmela's knowledge? I wagered 200. Okay, here's where I have a little bit of decision to make. And Jay and Brian, I'm going to turn this over to a vote to you guys. Uh, I was going to say Riveter uh, in a vacuum, so. Officially. I was thinking that, it, is, it, is she the last serving whack? So officially, she is the last serving Rosie the Riveter. Hmm. is what she was known as the last serving rosie the riveter i i am of the opinion that carmella had the the spirit of the fact correct and the terminology correct enough i'm also the of the opinion that carmella should get the credit for that and and that's really where i leaned especially because she said rosie the riveter therefore riveter uh so i just wanted a second opinion on that carmel is going to get the points on that one and take a 1400 to 600 lead on that question so these can be answered (laughs) (laughs) okay we are one for four so well i don't know how you do the math on that when there's two people one for eight at this point i guess so Next up in the category of technology, Brittany, what did you wager on technology here? 200. All right. And Carmela? I wagered 100. 
All right. In the category of technology, in the world of cybersecurity, phishing is impersonating a legitimate person through email to get a victim to perform a task, download a file, or give up login credentials. Vishing is a similar attack conducted over the phone or voicemail. What method is used in a smishing attack? Lock in. Brittany's locked in. Carmela, you got 30 seconds. Um, The smishing, the SM is probably in regards to SMS, which would be text messages. So I'm going to say text messages. All right. Carmela locks in with text messages. Brittany, what did you lock in with? Carmela had the exact same logic I was using, SM being short for SMS, and I went with text messaging. And Carmela, what did you wager on Brittany's knowledge? Um, I wagered 300. And Brittany? Interestingly enough, also 300 for Carmela. Both of you thought the other was not going to get it, and both of you locked in immediately with the correct answer. This is text messaging with the SM derived from short message service. Our last question in the second round, in the second set of questions here, uh, Brittany, what did you wager on entertainment? I wagered a hundred. And what about you, Carmela? I wagered three hundred. All right, in the category of entertainment, as time goes by, is a jazz song by Herman Hupfield, written in 1931 and voted number two on AFI's 100 Years 100 Songs special. It is most notable as the signature tune for what entertainment studio, playing over the studio's logos in films since 1998 and on television since Two and a Half Men in 2003? I'm gonna lock in. All right, Carmela is locked in. Brittany, you have 30 seconds. Um... Trying to think of what as time goes by sounds like, and that's probably the core of this. I know Two and a Half Men was on CBS. I don't think it's CBS because they don't do films. So I'm just going to go with uh, Columbia. All right. Brittany locks in with Columbia. Carmela, what did you lock in with? Um. So... I also want the CBS angle for Two and a Half Men. Um, CBS is got absorbed into paramount so i'm hoping that that happened before all of the the streaming services and uh say this is paramount and i think i can see the i can hear it when the, the stars go over the mountain or whatever all right and Brittany, what did you wager on carmela's knowledge a hundred and carmela i wagered 200 all right so this answer is actually Warner Brothers. It's the music that plays over the Warner Brothers logo. Oh. Okay. Da, cool. da, da, da. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. We're moving on to I section. had to write music. Wrong studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. I would have said Paramount as well because I can recognize the, the orchestral like four-note sting for that, but mm-hmm. not by imagery. That's that's mm-hmm. not how audio visuals work, right? <laughs> Coming out of section two, Brittany has 500. Carmela has 1,100. As we head into section three, the three categories in this section are sports, what's in a name, and music. I also use what's in a name as a category. (laughs) I'm now remembering that my real frenemy on this podcast is Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Look, the real friends are the enemies we made along the way. 
<laughs> the real enemies are the points we've <laughs> we've wagered along the way. Um, the important thing is, Tim, you have kept a very old man up very late for this exercise. This is yeah, but what about Brian? Because Tim would be the old man in that, right? It must be, yeah. I mean, I'm on the East Coast, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tim yeah. and I are hurting a little bit because of time. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're in the lead. I don't know what you mean by hurting. <laughs> what I mean is like, I gotta go to sleep. Yeah, Tim didn't goddamn write questions that take 35 friggin' minutes to navigate through. And it's just like, you know, what's the capital of my ass, Tim? There you go. There's your peanut gallery. That's why you asked me on. I'm fulfilling my contractual obligation. You're welcome. You're getting paid for this? It's 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 a complex matter. We'll talk later. You guys are getting paid. <laughs> I gotta renegotiate. I feel like I'm paying to be honest. <laughs> I think like the listeners are paying at this emotionally. point. <laughs> All right, our wagers are in. Let's start with Brittany. What did you wager on sports? A hundred. And Carmela. Shockingly, I wagered a hundred. <laughs> All right, in the category of sports. Major Tutty is an anthropomorphic pig that, in 2022, was revealed as the mascot for what big four sports team? I am uselessly locked in. <laughs> locked in. All right, Brittany is locked in. Carmelo, you got 30 seconds. There have been some teams that have gone through some rebrands over the last couple of years. I feel like Cleveland did theirs most recently. I don't know what they rebranded their baseball team to. So can I just say the Cleveland baseball team and the BOK? <laughs> if that's what you want to lock in with. Sure. I'm going to say the Cleveland's baseball team. Their, right. their major league baseball team. All right. Carmilla has locked in with Cleveland's baseball team. Brittany, what are you locked in with? So I was first trying to think of any big four team that has a pig as a mascot. And I was kind of coming up short. Um, but then I remembered that major is like a rank in militaristic terms and that Washington recently branded as the Washington commanders. So I locked in with the Washington commanders. All right. And Brittany, what did you wager on Carmela's knowledge here? 300. And Carmela, what did you wager? Also wagered 300. All right. Jay, it's, uh, you locked in pretty uh, uh, needlessly. What did you have? Oh yeah, no. This is this is a uh, callback to the the fandom of the Commanders, uh, the Hogettes. The answer we were looking for is the Washington Commanders. Very um, I knew it was a team that rebranded. I knew that sports question too. For the record, Cleveland's baseball team is the Guardians. Guardians, that's what it is. Yeah, for all the people in the Washington fandom who are up in arms for the rebranding, um, I do want to point out that a non-zero number of them have no issue with drag. Uh, and we have a, a lead change as Brittany has jumped out to a <laughs> 900 to 700 lead over Oh, Carmella. wait, I'm not supposed to do that, right? I have to be like, no. You know, I think the whole point is the relationships on the show are very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of at win. least one of you right now. <laughs> Carmela, what did you wager on what's in a name? I wagered 200. And Brittany, what did you wager? I wagered 300. All right. 
in the category of what's in a name, what man currently serves as the president of Nintendo of America when he was hired as vice president of sales and marketing? The BBC called it, quote, one of the most charming cases of nominative determinism ever. Should have had these questions in the first half. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Brian and I are now playing our own game. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even one of those, well, we think we're right and we'll wait for it to reveal. No, we're right. Yeah, we're we're so right. This is one uh-huh. of those like if you've heard it, you know, because it sticks. If you know, you, you know. know, you know, you know, you know. I know. Well, I know. I, I also know. know that Tim knows. I know that you know, and he knows, and that, and you know that he knows that a, a full sixty percent of people on this episode know. You know. Possibly more. Sixty percent of the time, a hundred percent of the players know no, the never. answer. <laughs> I think I'm gonna lock in. All right. Oh, you know, locking Carmella. You have thirty seconds. All right. Um. So it's got to be a name that's related to Nintendo at some point or another. Or else, why would you say what's in the name? Um. So it's gonna be a Nintendo character. So it's gonna be a Mario or Luigi or uh, Donkey Kong. Um. Uh, but probably the most commonly used last name out of any of those characters is gonna be Bowser. So I'm gonna say Bowser. All right. And Brittany, what did you say? Bowser's a great answer. Um, I went just ridiculous with the Nintendo name and I decided his name was Waluigi Ketchum. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the most charming case of nominative determinism. Uh, Brittany, what did you wager on Carmela's knowledge here? I went with 100 because Carmela seems very tech savvy. And Carmela, what did you wager on Brittany's knowledge? I also said 100. All right. And in what the BBC called one of the most charming cases of nominative determinism, the president of Nintendo of America is Doug Bowser. Yes. Well done, Carmela. <laughs> I probably could have just called this category peaches, 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 peaches. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, the, the Super Mario movie is wonderful (laughs) i I haven't seen it yet just because i don't get to the theater a whole lot but um i have seen the jack black singing version of peaches and (laughs) that is incredible Mm -hmm. not the animated one the one where he's wearing like a Mm bowser-esque outfit Uh uh-huh super funny (laughs) he went on uh kelly clarkson's talk show and uh it was like him and a couple other people from the movie and like I guess the bit was everyone was going to dress in costumes, but Jack Black was the only one that did it. And he didn't want to come out from backstage. because He was like dressed in like a Halloween Bowser costume. <laughs> and uh, I was like, there's probably going to need to blur some things. Cause that's very tight. <laughs> All right. Isn't that Brittany. like a major plot point in Legally Blonde? <laughs> Brittany, what did you wager on music? I wagered 200. And Carmella. I wager 300. All right. And this music question, I haven't determined what we're going to call this, but it's our version of uh, Tim Butcher's A Hit. (laughs) Uh, I'm really just going to read lyrics in a completely different cadence. And you have to tell me what song this is. Uh, This song spent two weeks at number one in 2018. 
Look how I'm geeking out. I'm so fitted. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm going to get it. Watch me move. This is a celly. That's a tool on my Kodak. I hate you so very, very much right now, Tim. Because you know it or because I because I would have so swept this round <laughs> and you put it in, in round three, you monster <laughs> or the, the second <laughs> half or however this however this whole cockamamie production works. You should have done better in the first half. My entire ass, Tim. I'm going to lock in. Brittany is locked in. Carmela, you have 30 seconds. Oh. Kodak makes me think of Bodak Yellow, which is Cardi B, but these are, I'm pretty sure these are not the lyrics of Bodak Yellow. Um. I'll go with another Cardi B song. I'll say, uh, I like it like that. All right. Carmilla says, I like it like that. Uh, Brittany, what did you say? Well, before I reveal what I said, I should let you know that my boyfriend earlier today called me a walking Mondegreen, um, which is appropriate because that is how I process lyrics and that I don't process them correctly. However, Kodak rhymes with Bodak, so I went with Bodak Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, Carmela, what did you wager on Brittany's knowledge here? Uh, I think I wager 200 on this one. And Brittany, what about you? I also wager 200 for Carmela. Jay, you want to put them out of their misery? I, I do now that I've had a few more seconds to think about it because I also immediately went to Bodak Yellow. Uh, but in, in in talking to Brian, he's like, oh, I'm unfamiliar with that title. I'm like, oh, maybe it's not Bodak Yellow. So I, I focused on the lyrics a little more. I'm pretty sure this is America by Childish Gambino. This is This is America by Childish Gambino. Oh, yeah. I forgot that hit number one. Yeah. It spent two weeks in 2018. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. I can catch the cadence a little bit in my head. Yeah. Once you said that, it's like, oh, that does fit. Yep. Uh, Yeah, absolutely does. All right. And we have entered the final section of questions. And we have a score of Brittany with 500, Carmela with 900. That was a rough round. Let's yeah. see how this plays out. <laughs> As we enter our final three categories of cars, 90s TV, and math. You motherfucker. You did this on purpose. You know what you did. You hot swapped it when you knew I wasn't going to be in the second half. It's like, let's spite Jay a bunch. I know you. It's what I would do. And I know you. I, I Now, don't shake your head at me. Don't defend yourself. This is canon. This is bullshit. This I have is more art. integrity than that. <laughs> no, you the record, don't. The only lyrics I can remember from This Is America are This Is America and Demonemena, which is what it sounds like to me. <laughs> Math. <laughs> Jay, do you want to talk for me this round? Like, you know, I want to talk for both of you. <laughs> can you can you tag in an eliminated shit poster? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Okay, but hear me out. Yes, <laughs> but what if? <laughs> right. I'm gonna need sometimes acknowledged friendship to just kind of sync up with my brain now, Jay. <laughs> All right, our first question is in the category of cars. Brittany, what did you wager here? 
200. And Carmela, what did you wager? I also wager 200. All right. In the category of cars, the Cavallino Rampante is the name for the logo of what car company founded from the Alfa Romeo Auto Racing Division in 1939? I'm lock in. Brittany's locked in. Carmela, you got 30 seconds. I think uh, Cavallino in this case is a horse and Rampante would be like a, a, a ramping horse, um, which would be a Ferrari logo. And I think Alfa Romeo is related to Ferrari. So I'm going to say Ferrari. All right. Carmela says Ferrari. What does Brittany say? Uh, Cavallino made me think of Cavalier, which would be something on horseback. So I also thought horse and thought Ferrari. All right. Rampante and... means fast. So fast horsey car. Brittany, what did you wager on Carmela's knowledge here? Kind of regretting it, but I wagered 300. And Carmela, what did you wager on Brittany? I wagered 200. All right. So the Cavallino Rampante is the prancing horse on the Ferrari. Perfect. Woo! Both teams uh, getting the correct answer on that one. Watching Brittany, way too much Top Gear uh, but, in the mid-2000s helped me. <laughs> but Brittany losing 100 points because of wagering. <laughs> Oh, Carmela found them. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> Carmela, what did you wager on 90s TV? Uh, I wagered 300. And what about you, Brittany? I very smartly wagered 100. All right. Stuart Pankin, Jessica Walker, Jason Willinger, Sally Struthers, and Kevin Clash provided the voices for the main family in what live action sitcom that ran from 1991 to 1994? I'm still not entirely sure how they're related. I'm just going to sit here and sulk. <laughs> uh, I would now be five straight with math coming up. <laughs> Brian, you know this, right? Uh, yes. All right. Good man. Good man. Voices for a live action scene. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? And Jay is correct. It is Jessica Walter, not Jessica Walker. I apologize. You know, it's Rest amazing. Fame. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. You said Walker. I heard Walter and I read Walter. And it never <laughs> entered my brain that it might be a different person. I'm going to lock in. All right. Brittany is locked in. Carmela, talk it out. You got 30 seconds. I, it makes me think of, like it's a dub over, but I can't think of a live action sitcom that was dubbed over. Um, But trying to get to where they're not, not entirely sure how they're related. I don't think it's the right years for Perfect Strangers, but that's the only thing I can parse out of this. And I hate myself because I don't know the answer. Uh, I'm going to say it is Perfect Strangers and I'm going to get it wrong. All right. Carmela says Perfect Strangers. Brittany, what did you say? I don't know that this is the right ears for the show. I don't even know if I have the right name for the show, but I feel like I read something recently that Jessica Walter was the mom in the dinosaurs family. And I oh. think they all kind of look like different dinosaurs. So I'm the baby and I'm going to go with not the mama and go with dinosaurs because that's the I two things I remember from that, that show live action <laughs> I, I mean it wasn't animated it was puppeteered yeah. yeah yeah but that's not live action live action is people like actual people moving around <laughs> there were actual people moving around there were two in each costume for the dinosaurs Carmelo, what did you wager on britney's ability here uh 100 and what about you britney i wagered 100 all right it is a live action sitcom and they were all different species. This is dinosaurs. <laughs> I mean, baby. 
awesome. Love but, me. Uh, puppeteering is not what I think of when I think of live action. But, but, but you know, Perfect Strangers just... apparently is not live action either. So. <laughs> I don't know. Bronson Pinchot was was very stiff as an actor, notoriously. <laughs> okay. Whatever. I'm here to shit post. That's the job have been given. I hope I get this math question right and you don't. <laughs> I hope you do too. <laughs> Heading into the last question, Brittany has 600 points. Carmela has 500 points. Ooh. It is a close game with a lot of points left on the board here. Carmelo, what did you wager on math? Um, the last thing I got left is 100 points. And what about you, Brittany? I wagered 300 points. All right. And Jay, what did you wager on math? Every <laughs> point I have. <laughs> Which is nothing, because you've been eliminated. Sorry. The, que the question Jay has been waiting for. For the first time in more than 30 years, the International System of Units has introduced new prefixes mostly due to enormous amounts of data. Rana and Keta have been introduced for large numbers, while Ranto and Kecto are the new prefixes for small numbers. Comprising 1,000 yatagrams, how many zeros trail the one in a ronogram or a ronogram? Can I assume that last word is supposed to have two ends in it? No, this is uh, specifically about the coronavirus. Oh, okay. So it's the Ronagram. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, they're like the old school uh, kissgrams, but you know. You are correct. You know. It's Rana. It's two ends. Ronagram. It's referring to that very first note about Rana and Keta. Great, then I'm going to lock in. Brittany has locked in for the last time, triggering 30 seconds for Carmella. Uh, I don't fucking know. That was a yodogram. I've never heard of a yodogram. Um, I'm going to say it's a million zeros and no one could stop me. <laughs> All right. Carmela locks in with 1 million. Brittany, what did you lock in with? I kind of was in between two possibilities and ultimately I went for 24 zeros. And Brittany locks in with 24 zeros. Carmela, what did you wager for Brittany? Uh, 300. And Brittany, what did you wager for Carmela? 200. All right. So 24 zeros is a yatagram. A ronogram is 27. That was the zeros. other one I was between. I was between 24 and 27. And Keta is 30. So we have a winner, despite both of your best efforts or my my ability to trip you up. I mean, I don't know. I tried uh, real hard to lose, and I might have succeeded. By a final score of 700 to 500, our winner of the second episode of Frenemy Trivia is Carmela Smith. Great job, Carmela. I don't think I earned that, but thank you. Uh, you failed less Lee than we all failed. I honestly thought I was going to go out in round two, considering you carried us in the first half. So, um, it all comes down to a coin flip, which just feels like ridiculously yeah. appropriate for how trivia goes for me a lot of the time. So, Carmela, how are you feeling after that win? Uh, tired. Uh, I feel worn out. I feel like I just got like punched in the stomach a lot. Uh, but I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and Brittany, you came close and you played well. It just wasn't quite enough to take her down. How are you feeling? Um, I feel like I am my own worst frenemy, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> 
And and you hate me all the more now that I've started writing questions for you, right? Uh, I mean, you know, I'm just trying to figure out a way I can beat you in this game because that's usually my goal is to defeat you somehow. That's fair. I'm sure we can find a host for that at some point. <laughs> Jay, thank you for coming on. How are you feeling after that game? Would you have known the Ronogram? Here's here's where I would have fallen. I would have done what Brittany did and thought 24. Um, because Kilo, Mega, Giga, Terra, Peta, Exa, uh, Yada, and then Ron would be 24. But then I would have absolutely second-guessed myself uh, at this point in the game, and I would have added a set, I think. So I think I would have been right, but for the wrong reasons. <laughs> and Brian, how are you feeling? I'm feeling like the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> Well, before we go, we want to give everyone a chance to plug anything they have. So let's start with today's winner, Carmela. Um, yeah, so if you uh, don't know me, uh, hi, hello. Uh, you can hear me on a couple different shows. You can hear me on Trivial Warfare, where I'm a regular host. Um, it is a pub trivia-style podcast that you can hear every other week. I am also the host of Foreplay, which is a puzzle connection game show um, that you can hear uh, several puzzles that Jay has written um, that I, I like to feature on the show. Um, and you've probably heard me on various other podcasts like Triviality and, and um, Bruzy, Boozy Bracketology and Pub Trivia Experience. And uh, I'm around. Um, say hello if you ever see me. So. Thanks. Thank you for having me on, Tim. <laughs> All right. And our runner-up, Brittany Shaw. Um, if you're looking for me and you're in my local area, which is the Chicago land area, you can come check me out on Tuesday nights at uh, the Critical Grind, where I run Cozy Quiz. Um, uh, you can also find me Monday nights at Imperial Oak, where I'm playing Jay's Liquid Courage game. Um, and if you just want to find my voice... Uh, keep listening to this podcast uh, as I'll be joining the host side. And uh, you can also hear me occasionally on other podcasts such as The Geek Bracket and uh, Boozy and PTE. So uh, I'm around and yeah, you should totally keep listening to this podcast if you want to hear me take on Tim from the hosting side. <laughs> All right, Jay Borsum, what do you got to plug? everything um twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage for trivia and trivia adjacent content five times a week uh the world trivia federation is my love letter to things like learned league uh apocalypse trivia bp trivia school of trivia all those like asynchronous online competitive leagues uh that's at patreon.com slash liquid courage for the low low price of uh, two dollars a month or more uh if you're in the chicagoland area as Brittany alluded to i also host a once a month nerdy trivia game at critical grind board game cafe but uh primarily uh hosting uh classic trivia formats uh tringo trib tac toe um find me on facebook I'm, I'm easy to find just if you spell courage with a k that's me uh and you know podcasting is is my my only hobby now it's the only hobby i have time for uh and maybe some more of it down the road we'll see and finally brian um, I'm going to plug Jay because Jay is the hardest working woman in trivia because no, don't shake your head at me. You are the hardest working woman in trivia, damn it. And she puts on incredible content. She writes multiple games per week and she deserves your love. The WTF, the World Trivia Federation is freaking amazing. And it's two bucks a month. If you're not playing, you really should be. Because it's three games a week. You get uh, 36 hours. 
read your questions, think it over, and submit with zero pressure. Okay, Brian, but also... If you're ever in the Quad Cities area, go check out Geek Trivia every Friday night. You're Geek Grooming. The thing no. you do. I, the, the thing I do, I do on the side as a way to unwind on Friday nights. I don't need that money. This is not my living. This is your this is your bread and butter, honey. No, this is an so. intervention. Let, let's him <laughs> end this podcast. But for anyone else who's listening, Brian definitely needs that money on Friday nights. So <laughs> <laughs> let's go see Brian. Yeah. Whatever you do, you're in Iowa. Just go. <laughs> best I I will I I will say best trivia game in Iowa. <laughs> That'll do it for the second episode of Frenemy Trivia. Like what you hear? Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Uh, There's going to be its own show alongside the Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology Podcast, so let us know what you thought. In the meantime, head on over to our Discord, ptebb.com slash Discord, and discuss the episode or really anything. We're all over there, and the conversation's quite active. You can support us over on Patreon, patreon.com slash ptebb, and get in on one of our tiers to help make our show even better. But we know not everybody can, and we get it. You can still support us by sharing the podcast with your friends. Until next time, I've been Tim. I've been Brian. I'm Carmella. I'm Jay. And I'm Brittany. And we'll see you next week.